Today, as we wrap up this series, I've titled today's talk, Is This God? Is This God? The first three weeks of this series, we we talked about what does God's will look like? We've learned a lot about how to hear God's voice and how to discern which door that we should walk through. And I know some of you in this place, it's, it's been awesome because you have been getting direction. You, you, you are starting to sense some things. You are starting to, to feel like, well, th- this is the door that, that I should walk through as we've been talking about this series and, and trying to find the right door. Some of you are getting clarity. Well, I think I'm supposed to marry this person or I think I'm supposed to take this job. I, su- I think I'm supposed to go into thi- this career. I think I'm supposed to buy the house or sell the house or buy the car or sell the car. You're, you're starting to get some, some direction and clarity. And, and the question that I want to address today is is these feelings that you're having these desires that you're having these impressions that you're having how in the world do you know if it's God is is this God that that the, the sense that you have is it God or is it the devil or is it your flesh is it just you I think we've all asked that question before if you're a follower of Jesus Christ you you've asked the question God is this you how in the world do I know if this you, if, if this is you? Or is this the chili beans that I ate last night and I'm a little gassy? Uh, gassy, God, they're both two G's, but totally two different things. You know what I'm saying? And I'm trying to figure out, God, is this you or not? How can I know? The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 1, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. Don't believe every impression, every feeling. Don't believe everything you hear, but test the spirits. Everybody shout test. That's what we're going to talk about today. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Test the spirits, test the impression, test the feeling, test what you're hearing and see if they are from God because not every spirit, not every feeling is from the Lord. Sometimes it can be from the devil or, or from your own flesh. The Bible says because many false prophets have gone, gone out into the world. Many false prophets, they're saying it's God. They're saying this is the Lord, but it's really not. And the Bible says test the spirits, to know if it's God, to, know, to figure out if it's God, the, the devil, or yourself, the Bible says, test it. And today what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you six practical and yet very biblical tests that will help you know, is this God? Point number one, following along with me in your notes there in your bulletin, point one is this. How do I know if this is God or not? Does it agree with the Bible? Does it agree with the Bible? God will not give you direction that contradicts what he's already said in his word. I want you to hear me today. God never, he never contradicts his word. There's one thing you have to understand about the Bible, and that is that the truth and principles of Scripture are not only true yesterday and today, but the truth of God's word endures forever forever and ever and there are a lot of things that change over time but not God's word I mean we see it all the time things change culture changes fads change your waistline 
changes. Hairstyles change more often for women than for men. Amen. Even science, if you're a science geek and you, you've studied science and watched science, even science changes over time. But the truth of God's word endures forever. The Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23 through 25. It says, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. The word of God is living and it's enduring. The Bible says, for all men are like grass. In other words, men change, women change, they fade away. It says, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. It's given this analogy about grass and flowers and comparing it to people. It says grass withers, people wither, people change, people die, people go away, and the flowers fall. They change. But the word of the Lord stands forever. The Bible says, and this is the word that was preached to you. Friends, the word of God stands forever. It doesn't change. And God never contradicts his holy word, the enduring and living word of God. And as your pastor, I'm committed. I'm committed to giving you as much of the word of God as possible. I realize it's enduring, that it's living, that it never changes. You can base your life on it. And I'm, I'm committed to, to Sundays. We teach you the word of God. We are a Bible teaching church. We want to get the word of God in your heart, in our kids, in our youth ministry. It's centered around God's word that your student, that, that your kids will, will learn the Bible because we know it's the enduring word of God that never changes. That's what our Wednesday night connections. We teach God's word in our small groups. We teach God's word. That's why we have starting point. And, and it's for our new believers and those who want to know more about the foundational truths of the Bible. We, we, we have that because we're trying to get the word of God into your heart. That's why we, as a church, we constantly encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. I mean, we constantly tell you that and, and teach you that. And, and matter of fact, in January, we gave you resources in January and February to, 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 to help you read the Bible through and to get the Word of God in your heart because it's living and it's enduring. And, and some of you would say, well, Pastor, you know, I, I started to read the Bible a little bit in January when you kind of had the emphasis there and st maybe started in February. And Pastor... I'm just not getting that much out of the Bible. Well, listen to me. Don't stop reading it. Because listen, when you stay in the word of God, the word of God will take control of your heart. It will take control of your life. And when you get the word of God in your heart, it's a whole lot easier to discern which door you should walk through because God never contradicts his word. And so when you know what God's word says and you, you got the word of God hidden in your heart, it's a whole lot easier. To discern God's word, stay in God's word, get filled up on God's word. Let me take a, another step. Now, when you're reading God's word, don't change God's word to fit your lifestyle. Some people read God's word and they take a little bit here and a little bit there and they twist it all around to fit the lifestyle they want to live. No, 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 don't, don't do that to God's word. God's word says what it says. It's true. You, you need to live by God's word. And God does not want followers of Jesus Christ to, to change his word to fit our life. God wants us to change our life to fit his word. Because it's enduring. It's living and God never contradicts 
his, his word. And, and the, the third thing that I want you to know is whatever the decision you're trying to make, whatever the impression you have, the, the feeling you have, the desire you have, you feel like I'm supposed to go through that door. If it does not line up with God's word, you don't need to do the rest of the test. If it doesn't pass test one, stop there. You don't even need test two, test three, test four, test five, test six. It's not God. It's not God. Here's test two. So if it filters through test one, does it agree with the Bible? Then we're going to go to test two. Test two is this. Am I in a right relationship with God? You see, when you're making decisions, you have to ask yourself, and I'm, am I in a right relationship with my heavenly father? Because a lot of Christians make decisions without being in a right relationship with God. The truth of the matter is there are a lot of Christians that are going to heaven but their spirit man is not in charge of their life. Their flesh is running their life. And friends, when our flesh is in control, we choose the wrong doors and we mess up our lives. Matter of fact, can I tell you something about your flesh, about your emotions? You can't trust your flesh. You can't trust your emotions. They'll lie to you. Matter of fact, from time to time, Man, uh, come to me and, you know, sharing with me. Somebody's talking to me. Pastor, I, I feel like I found the one. I found my, my future wife. I know it's her, Pastor. I, I found the one. This is going to be my wife. Well, how do you know? How do you know? She is fine. Ooh. Pastor, I'm telling she is fine. I'm talking about the bomb.com. Pastor, she is fine. Huh. Huh. That's interesting. That's why you think that's God, huh? She's fine, uh-huh. And, and what you have to understand is, is she's not going to always look like that? <laughs> Ladies, he's not going to always look like that. Come on, can I get the married folks to say amen? Yeah. Not that loud, folks. Not, not that loud. <laughs> she's not going to always look like that. You got to quit trusting your flesh. It'll lie to you. Quit trusting you. Listen, your flesh, your emotions, you can't trust them. Listen, you're happy one minute and sad the next. You're up one minute and down the next. You can't make decisions based upon your flesh and your emotions. You've got to, listen, you've got to be in a right relationship with God where the Holy Spirit is in control of your life. Whenever you're trying to make important decisions in your life, you need to ask, am I in a healthy place spiritually or is my flesh in control? Is my emotions in control of my life? The Bible says this in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Don't live like the world. Don't operate as people of the world would operate. In other words, don't, don't live by your flesh anymore. Don't, don't keep being controlled by your emotions anymore and living by the standard and the pattern of the world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I, I, I unpacked this a lot in week one, that your mind needs to be renewed. But here's what I want you to notice is, is when you get your spiritual life strong, it will change the way you think. When you start getting into God's word, and when you start praying, and when you start seeking God, man, the Holy Spirit changes the way that you think. Your, your, your life begins to be controlled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says this, when you get your spiritual life strong, then, when your mind gets renewed, then, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. The Bible says then you will be able to know God's will, 
when your mind gets renewed, when you are spiritually strong. And let me insert this, only then, only then, only when your mind gets renewed and your, your, your mind is full of the word of God and your heart is full of the word of God and you're praying and you're seeking God and, and your, your, your life is being controlled by the power of the Holy Spirit and not, not, not by your flesh and not driven by your emotions. When you're in a healthy place spiritually, then you can begin to determine what God's will is, which door you should walk through. Never make life-changing decisions when you're in an unhealthy place spiritually. It's hard to discern the right door when you're not walking with God and you're not praying and you're not reading your Bible and you're not in the scriptures and you're living in sin and you're compromising. You got one foot in the church and one foot in the world. It's hard to know which door you should walk through. Pastor, 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 I'm trying to see if this is the right door. I have a feeling. I have a sense. I have an impression. Does it agree with the Bible? And are you in a right relationship with God? Number three is this, the third test, the third test today. The Bible says test the spirits. The third test is does it make me more like Christ? Does it make me more like Christ? Before you make decisions, ask yourself this question. If I make this decision, will it make me more like Christ? In other words, if I make this decision that I feel this impression about, will it produce Christ-like qualities in me? If I make this decision, how will it affect me? How will it affect others? Will this decision have a Christ-like impact on other people? And the Bible talks about this. The Bible talks about worldly wisdom, wisdom from the enemy, from the flesh. Then it talks about godly wisdom, godly direction, godly guidance. And I want us to look at this. This is real critical. Does it make me more like Christ? James chapter 3 and verse 14 through 17 says... But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition, it's about you in your hearts. Do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven. It's not from God when you're full of envy and you're full of selfishness and it's all about you the bible says that's not from heaven but it is earthly it's unspiritual and it's of the devil for where you have envy and selfish ambition there you find disorder and every evil practice let me explain it to you a little bit more clearer when when you're making a decision and if it's all about promoting yourself If it's all about you, if it's all about what's just going to make you happy, if it's going to produce junk in your heart, sin in your heart, if it's going to hurt or or damage or or tear down somebody else, that's not a Christ-like quality, and that's not a God idea. Pastor, I've got this impression, but it's going to hurt somebody else. It's going to tear them down. It's going to make, that's not a God. Pastor, I've got this impression, but it's all about me. What's going to make me, that's not a God. I did. He said, well, Herbert, what, what does God, you, you've told me what worldly wisdom look, looks like, what, what, when it, what, what the devil's wisdom looks like. What does God's wisdom look like? Well, the Bible goes on to say in verse 17, but the wisdom, the, the guidance, the direction, the, the right door that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Produces holiness and purity. It's peace-loving. It's peace-loving. There'll be a peace. It brings peace. It's, it's loving. It's considerate. In other words, it's not, it's not selfish. 
It's not just thinking about yourself. It's considerate of others. It's submissive. Once again, it's not selfish. It thinks about others. It submits to spiritual authority. It's submissive. It's full of mercy. There's this mercy that, there's this mercy that comes with a, a, a godly guidance and direction. The Bible says, and produces good fruit. I mean, pastor, I feel like I need to make this decision. Is it going to produce bad fruit or good fruit? Because the Bible says the wisdom that comes from God produces good fruit. The Bible says it's, 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 the wisdom that comes from God is impartial. It doesn't show favoritism. In other words, it's not all about yourself. The Bible says, and it's sincere. There's a, there's a genuineness. There's a purity of heart. There's a sincerity of heart. And that kind of wisdom comes from God. And so here we go. We're trying to get the test. We're trying to do the test. And the third thing is this. Pastor, I feel like I, I've got this direction. I got, I got, this, I got this desire. I, I feel like I'm supposed to walk through this door. And my question to you is, will that decision produce Christ-like qualities? Because if it doesn't, that's not from the Lord. Number four is this. I want us to look at a, a, a fourth test, a, a fourth test, and that is this. Have I sought godly counsel? Have I sought godly counsel? Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 18 says, make plans by seeking advice. If you wage war, obtain guidance. Friends, can I tell, us that, tell you that all of us need to be seeking godly wisdom and counsel from godly people. When it comes to making critical decisions, we need to make plans and decisions by seeking godly counsel. Now, I'm not talking about just seeking, seeking any kind of counsel. I'm not talking about worldly counsel or talking to somebody who doesn't love the Lord Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, let me take it a step further. I'm not talking about spiritual weirdos. Because how I many you know there's some spiritually weird people in the church, amen? Weird, flaky, manipulative. I'm not talking about those people, but seeking guidance and wisdom from godly people. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 22 says this, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. This fourth text is test is so key. I feel like I'm supposed to make this decision. I'm supposed to walk through this door. I feel like I have this impression from God. Have you sought godly counsel listen i don't make an important critical decision regarding my life or this church without seeking godly counsel i, I just don't do it listen even when i feel like i'm pretty sure even when i'm really confident this is what i feel like god wants me to do i still seek godly counsel i still seek wisdom from people who love the lord matter of fact when i got ready to marry tiffany i shared this story recently I saw godly counsel. I, I went to one of the, the staff members at the university I was attending who, who loved the Lord with all of his heart, and I sat down with him. And I talked to him about this decision, and this, this young lady I was thinking about marrying, I, I got his wisdom. I got his counsel. My wife and I, we, before we got married, we, we went to a spiritual coaching, and we, we went together to some premarital coaching and, and let some people speak into our lives and, and, and talk to us. We, I mean, that, that's, that's so key. I, I called people on the phone that I, I knew who loved the Lord. I, there were people who knew Tiffany and I. I asked them their opinion. What do you think about her? What, I mean, this is what I'm feeling. I, I wanted people. This is a huge decision. I'm not going to make it all by myself. There's wisdom in godly 
counsel. When, when, when I got ready to move to Oklahoma City, Tiffany and I, we got wisdom. I, I was seeking counsel. On, is, I feel like this is God. I feel like God is leading us. But what, what do you think? Give, give me, you, you, you love the Lord. You know God. I was getting spiritual counsel. When we got ready to buy this land and build these two buildings, man, I, I got spiritual counsel. I, I was talking to pastors who were more seasoned than me, who loved the Lord, who were further down the road than me. I was talking. I, I get spiritual counsel from our, our board. I, I talk to our staff. I'm listening. My ears are in two. I want to hear feedback. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know what you're feeling i want guidance i i want spiritual people speaking into my life and you say well herbert 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 is that 100 sure if you get godly guidance that they're going to give you the right answer no that's why there's six, six tests not one i didn't give you one test this is just one of the filters you run it through now, they don't always get it right matter of fact when i was getting ready to thinking about marrying tiffany one of my buddies who loves the Lord with all of his heart. He's a pastor today of a, of a great church, and I called him, and he never met Tiffany before, and I was just telling him about Tiffany, and man, I'm falling in love, and feel like this is the one for me, and I was describing who she was, and it wasn't, she's fine, she's fine. No, I said, she loves God. She stands up for her faith. She has a sincere relationship with Jesus Christ. She's got a great personality. I mean, I was, I was describing this, this, this girl to him, and, and he told me, Herbert, God is using you right now. God has, God has his hand on your life. You're traveling and you're preaching. God has big things in store for you. And I think she's a distraction. I think the devil ah, put her in your life. Okay, he didn't go. Ah. That was for effect. You know what I mean? That makes the story, that makes the story sound real good. You know what I mean? But he did say, I think she's of the devil. I think, I think the devil put her. And man, you know what I did? I got off the phone and I, I actually called Tiffany up and I broke up with her. You're of the devil. I mean, it's a true story. I actually did call Tim and broke up with her. And then the next day I thought, what was I thinking? That dude must have ate some chili beans and was gassy because this is not God. I'm supposed to marry her. And thank God, 13 and a half year late, years later, well, I'm in love with the woman of my dreams. And four kids later, he was wrong. That was not God. But that's why there's six tests. Not one. Seek godly counsel. Seek godly counsel number five is this number five the fifth test is do i have god's peace please hear me church this is so key god leads through peace god leads through peace the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 16, Now may the Lord of peace, and several times throughout the scriptures, the Bible calls God the God of peace. He's the God of peace. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace, except when you're making tough decisions. Uh-uh. May he give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you friends god leads through peace we read in james chapter 3 and verse 17 a little earlier that wisdom that comes from god is peace loving it's peace god leads through peace in galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 one of the fruit of the spirit is is peace peace god leads through peace and when you're making decisions, you have to ask yourself, do I sense God's peace? Because when you're making decisions and if you're feeling like you, sh you should make this decision, but it's freaking you out, 
and you are anxious and you're worried and you're stressed out and you can't sleep and there's turmoil all on the inside of you, that's not God. If I know anything, I know that God leads through peace. Now hear me today. I'm not saying it's easy. God leads through peace, but that doesn't mean it's easy. Because there have been many times that God has led me in a direction that it was not easy, but I had a yes on the inside. I had peace on the inside. When we got ready to start People's Church, can I tell you, it didn't make sense to a lot of people. I mean, we had a traveling ministry. God was blessing our ministry. My wife had graduated from college. She had got a teaching job, and she was going to start teaching. We had a plan. We were, we've always lived well beneath our means, so we didn't have any debt besides our house. We were going to pay off our house, and we had all this strategic plan. I mean, man, we, we felt like, man, at tw- I'm 25, she's 23. I mean, we felt like we were headed in a great direction. And then God spoke to us about planting this church. And in the natural, it didn't make a lot of sense. People were saying to me, some people were saying, I mean, are you sure? You never pastored before? You never been on church staff before? I mean, are you sure? I don't know that you know what you're doing. I don't know either. But I had a yes on the inside. And when we started the church, it wasn't easy. It was a tough time. We started, we started this church. 65 people showed up on Mother's Day back in 2002, almost nine years ago. Can I tell you, those 65 people, I was grateful for them. But a lot of them didn't come back the next week because they were uncles and cousins and my daddy drove up from Bowlegs. We woke the area. He wasn't coming back the next week. I mean, <laughs> we started to run 40 and 50 people throughout the summer. And I'm wondering, have I missed God? I mean, I'm, this is, I'm, I didn't take a salary from the church for almost a year. Didn't come full time onto the church for almost two years. I was underwriting the church and paying staff by my traveling ministry. And I'm thinking, man, have I lost my mind? This is hard. It's a grueling season. But there was a yes on the inside of me. There was a peace that God gives. God leads through peace. There's a a sixth point I want to share with you today. The sixth, sixth test. And that is this. Am I pursuing God's will? Am I pursuing God's will? Please please hear me. Don't, Don't tune me out here. This is so critical. A lot of Christians aren't pursuing God's will. They're pursuing their will. I call it the I want what I want. God, I want what I want. Now, now hear me, God. Now, God, I want you to understand, God, I've got my plans. I've got my 10-year goals. This is what I'm going to do. Here's where I'm going to go. Here's where I'm going to work. Here's what I'm going to do, God. And now I want you to bless it. That's how a lot of people treat God. God, God, here, I want what I want, but I want you to bless what I want. That's where a lot of Christians live. I want what I want, but God, I want you to bless what I want. And friends, can I tell you, it's hard to find the right door in God's will for your life when your heart is full of I want what I want. And then there's another group of Christians, and they're called the I want what you want, but... God, I want what you want, but. God, I I want what you want, but don't send me there. God, I want what you want, but but, but God, I don't want to do that. God, I I want what you want, but, but don't make me give up that. I mean, God, I want what you want, but. And for a lot of Christians, their butts are getting in the way. 
And they're not following the Lord because of all of their buts, but this, but that, but this, but that. And all of these excuses. And, and, and that's not God's best. Now, no, granted, granted, I want what you want, but is better than I want what I want. But that's not where God wants us. God wants us here. He wants us. God, I want what you want, period. Period. I want what you want. God, I want to honor you. I want to live for you. I want to follow you. I want to go through the doors you want me to go through. I want what you want, period. Matter of fact, the scripture says this in Luke chapter 22 and verse 41. Jesus is our example. The Bible says, verse 41, he withdrew talking about Jesus, about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Father, if there's any other way, because I really don't want to die, I don't want to be crucified, I don't want to be beaten, if there's any other way for you to accomplish the plan of salvation, please do it, Lord. But, but Lord, here's what I really want you to know. Yet, not my will. Your will be done. I want what you want, period. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And if you study the other gospels, he prayed the same thing on three different occasions. Yet, not my will, I mean, if there's any other way, I want you to do it. God, God I, want you to, I want you to do the plan of salvation another way, but yet... Not my will, your will be done. And his sweat, the Bible says, was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus was going to die a horrific, painful death. And yet he said, Father, not my will, your will be done. Listen, 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 listen. I want to give you a secret. I really do. I'm going to give you a secret right now. Here's the key. Here's the key. Here's the key. This sums up the entire series. Doing God's will is always best, even when it's not easy and doesn't make sense. It's always best. Just ask Jesus. Father, I'm going to get crucified. They're going to beat me, spit on me, pull out my beard, put a crown of thorns in my head, stab me with the spear, put me on a cross and nail me there. I'm going to die. can't breathe, breathe because I'm dying on a cross. I, if there's any other way, I don't want to do it. But I know one thing, your will's always best. And because I did your will, millions and millions and millions and millions of people follow me today. It wasn't easy, but it was best. And friends, for your life, Following God's will is not always easy, but it's always best. God sees the end from the beginning. God knows where he's taking your life. God knows what he wants to accomplish for your life. Losing the relationship, the friendship, the lifestyle, the habit, it's not always easy, but it's always best.